What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and on this show, you are gonna learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals. This is a podcast you're gonna be able to listen to that's gonna give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm gonna interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week, and there's also gonna be some content that is just gonna be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million dollar real estate investor. So if you wanna learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to, and I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. All right, so it's part two on property management today. I got Augie Penev here, the resident rental property expert on our show. We come on once a month and we chop it up. So let's just get right into it. If people didn't hear part one, go back and listen to part one. We're going to start this episode with energy efficiency and how do you like lower all the bills for your rental property so you just really pay for what you really need to pay for. So Augie, I know you've done this hundreds of times. So let's just get right into that. How do we make sure that we keep our properties energy efficient so we don't have unnecessary expenses? Oh, that's easy, man. You just don't. <laughs> you don't need to make them energy efficient because you're not paying the bills. The tenant is paying the bill. So you don't do it. That's it. Very short answer. So let's cover that. So power, obviously, the tenant pays for. What about yeah. sewer and water? Because some cities are different with how they, like, what do you, do you just build them back? Do you have them? No, so on a single family home, most cases, the water and the sewer, everything goes on the tenant's name and they pay for it. When it's a multifamily, most common thing is the electricity is on the tenant's name, but the water, it's on a main water meter for the whole apartment complex. Okay. And you, you pay for the trash and, and it, so you don't have any control with that. You just pay the water the way it is. You just have to calculate a little bit more. If when you're buying the units, if they have a dishwasher and if they have uh, laundry inside the unit, then you're going to have more water usage. Okay. But when you have, if you have a, a laundry on site that coin operated, then you can, you know, it can make some money. As far as energy efficiency to reduce the electricity bill, don't do it. Just let the tenants deal with it. Just let the tenants deal with it. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the investment into that, it's not going to give you the return you're looking for. Yeah, it's not worth putting the money in because it's just a No, lot. so you're going to put $6,000 in changing the windows. And what, you're going to raise the rent $25, $50. So divide the 600, the 6,000 divided by $50 and see how many months it'll take you to recoup that thing. So no, you'll be right off, give it a little bit less cheaper rent and, and deal with that. So. That makes sense. So let's cover the second part here. So this is something where, I mean, obviously this is going to depend on your state. So if you're listening to this in California, it's going to be different than Arizona, New York, Pennsylvania. Evictions, right? Obviously, if you've been in this business long enough, you're going to have evictions with tenants. That's just the way it works. So how do you handle the eviction process from a property management standpoint? Because a lot of landlords, they they get emotionally involved in these things and then they make it harder than it needs to be. And then they start hearing the tenant story and they just they do it the wrong way. So what is your process for doing an eviction, at least in Arizona? And then people can kind of take that and use it for their state. All right. So most of the time, first thing, if you ever get an eviction and you see that the tenant stopped making the payments, go back 
and review your application process and why you approve this tenant on the first place. So first, you can figure out what you did wrong so you don't repeat it. So the best thing to avoid evictions is to be proactive, not reactive. So once they stop making the payments and, and you start doing things, it, it's a completely different, it's a, just a legal process based on the state. So let's give you a few tips how to be proactive so you don't have evictions. First thing you can do is insurance. Interesting. Okay. Insurance could be not for everyone because we as a property management company, we are licensed brokers and we work with a licensed insurance company and our clients can buy specific insurance for vandalism and eviction protection. Interesting. But this insurance company only sells this insurance to people that work with property managers. So management companies. So, but you can look around, see if there's any private company or that would provide insurance as far as specific for eviction. The other thing is if you use property management company, some property management companies take the responsibility of evictions. For example, we take the responsibility. If we put a tenant into the property and this tenant stopped making the payments, we pay for the eviction because we place the tenant on behalf of the owner. So we kind of take responsibility for that. But the best thing is to be proactive. When the t- when you see the tenant stop making the payments, you know you start the regular process immediately. Paperwork, five day notice, ten day notice, depends what it's on the local state. Yeah. And immediately with the paperwork in the legal process, you start working with the tenant. You have to try to avoid eviction at any cost. What we do is we try to negotiate first. Hey, all right, what's going on? You lost your job. Okay, obviously you cannot make payments anymore. How about you move out this weekend and we shake hands, we keep your deposit, and we don't sue you for anything. We just want the property back. Got it. I would say this this is the better option so you can negotiate, get them out, and you take the property and just move on and learn from your mistakes. Got it. So for the eviction, be proactive. And as for when you have to do eviction, get an attorney from the very beginning. So just on your own. Absolutely not. Do not do eviction on your own. Do not do it because the laws are changing all the time and there's new rules and you do a little mistake. You forgot a letter. If you got to, if you forgot to do a step that will put you back at, at step zero and it's going to take you three months to evict it. The other mistake that owners do that they don't work with property management companies, they believe the sob stories of the tenants. <laughs> <laughs> and they, because they're emotionally involved most of the time with the tenant, they know them personally, they talk to them, and the tenant says, hey, my cat died, I had to go to the vet, I cannot pay the rent, I'll pay in two weeks, two weeks come by, then, oh, my dog, I have to do it, they'll pay in two weeks. And and emotionally involved, and you trust him, you believe him, and three months go by, you don't get any rent, and then, then you start deciding to do the eviction. Yeah, no, that's a big no-no. Start the legal process immediately. But simultaneously with that, keep the conversation with the tenant. That being said, here's a little tip. If you self-manage your properties, when you talk to the tenants or go see the property, do not tell them that you're the owner. Interesting. You just say that AI represent the owner. I'm here to do an inspection and things like that. So try to separate yourself being the owner. 
That's something that's worked for me because if you, when you, when they know you're the owner, they know that they have the decision maker on the, on the phone or in person. Yeah. And try to be not emotionally involved. You know, don't believe the sob stories. If you do back up everything with start the legal process, hire an attorney because there's a process in some States are harder to do the eviction versus some other ones. And if you miss a little thing, it could cost you months and months in, in waiting. Another thing that you can do is talk to an attorney when you're preparing your lease agreement. So in our lease agreement, for example, we have a spe- specific paragraph that says that the tenant waives their right for trial if we have to go to court. They let the judge make the decision. If if the tenant is educated kind of a trying to screw the landlord knowing the rules and play the system and milk the system and everything you can go to an eviction court and the tenant can say listen judge i don't want to do this here i want to opt to go to a trial in certain jurisdictions the judge have cannot make a decision and push this to a trial which which is longer so always always talk to an attorney have them prepare a good list for you so you can use that. Don't just download something from internet.com. But even if you download someone, a something, uh, give it to your attorney. Say, hey, can you review this and add whatever needs to be added? And do this every year because the laws are changing. Yeah. Uh, for example, here in Arizona, in order, in order to do eviction, now you have to bring the full accounting for the rental property throughout the tenancy of the person. So if you don't submit the full accounting, then the court says that you're missing documents. You start from day one. So you got to bring the whole rent history and expenses. Yeah, everything. So you have, that's interesting. I'm surprised that so, Arizona doing that. In court, you know who wins? The judge. The person, the, the per, no, the person with the most documents <laughs> in communication. So every, here's the other thing. Do not communicate with your tenant over the phone only, text messages, emails, or when you talk to the phone, hang up and email them or text him. Hey, based on our conversation, this is what we agree on. You want evidence yeah. writing. You don't want- Yes, everything in writing. Yes, because it's a hearsay. Yeah, that's interesting. So let me ask you this now on that note. Those are very good tips. What is your opinion on like, how important is it to buy in states, if you can, that are landlord friendly versus, cause like I, I've done evictions in New York, they've taken almost two years. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's insane. So like, what are your, if someone's starting out, let's say they're not biased to a certain area, how much weight would you put on picking an area that is like landlord friendly versus tenant friendly? Cause I know guys who do apartments and they will not buy in, in like tenant friendly states. They just won't do it because they know it's not worth it. Yeah. It's hundred percent. Don't do it. Just Very don't. basic. You're not big enough and you don't have enough funds to risk that if you're just starting you're a small fish with small budget and any little hiccup like two years vacancy that's going to put you out of business yeah if you're a huge company that has hundreds property of properties and one property is a hiccup but they do get rents on 99 other properties they can take the risk and accumulate the, the loss tax returns and you know it, it could work but if you're just starting, if you're a small fish with less than 10 properties, yeah, don't risk it. Just go in a place that you know, and it's a, a landlord friendly, and you don't have a problem. 
Yeah. So avoid New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, California. Uh, uh, Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Vermont, you know, Oregon, Washington, you know, you want to be, there's a guy named Mitch Steven who's a, who's an owner financing guy. And he always says, you only want to do owner financing in the flyover States, Nevada, (laughs) Arizona, Texas, all the States. When you fly from New York to California, all the States you fly over. That's where you do your owner financing because you, you don't. That's you don't a good point. It. Yeah, it, it's it. just that there's so much business in other states. Don't risk it. Just do it. But here's another point. If you're going to buy properties in a different location than when, when you live, buy them intentionally in a specific market. Do not buy just one in Phoenix, one in Nevada, one in New Mexico or some different states. Because if you have multiple properties on a multiple location, it's more expensive. It's harder to manage because you're going to have, you know, five states, five different property managers, five different handymans, five different laws and rules and regulations. So and when you have four properties in one market, it's cheaper. Same rules, same property manager, same handyman. So you're going to be more profitable if you concentrate on one market at a time, not like five markets, five by deals everywhere. Yeah, because then you're all over that. You're scattered. And then you got, scattered, especially yes. with the laws. I mean, like if you're just buying in Tucson, stay in Tucson. Don't go up to freaking, you know. Yeah, you learn the market. You're more yeah. efficient. You're more quick. You get tenants. It's easier that way. So on that note, let's talk about tenant relationships because this is where we, we made a little point on that earlier. But like a lot of landlords, they start the relationship out wrong with a tenant and they get become their buddy. And then when when stuff gets hairy, you know they they they're it's like their friend. They don't want to kick their friend out, right? And I've I've bought houses from this scenario many times. So how do you begin a tenant relationship as a property manager or as a self manager? Because this will really set you up to to not have a lot of hiccups if you start that relationship out the right way. I mean, it, it's hard, but for most self managed landlords, it's the uh, being too close to the tenant, the emotional connection with the tenant. So this is the biggest issue. You got to be more professional. But the other side is the property manager. Sometimes they're too professional. So you just have to find the middle ground. You have to be firm, but fair. Yeah. You know, anytime they have a problem with the property, you address it on time quickly, you know, repairs and things like that. When they're late, don't give them slack. Automatically late fees, automatically letters. They need to know that there's rules. Everything over the phone, conversations have to be put in writing. So all the communication has to be put in writing. Even if they call you and say, hey, something needs to be fixed. Okay, hang up, send me a text message. I want it in writing so we can clear what he wants, what you want, at what time, and things like that. But being emotionally involved is the biggest problem for landlords with tenants, and that's that's it. So if you can... If you kind of a go around it, not go around, but control it, then you, you'll be good with that. Yeah, because that's that's where I, I made this mistake when I was, I'll just give you an example. So when I, I bought my first property three years ago, almost, and actually mm-hmm. three years ago to this day, actually, not to this day, but like in September. And I remember, or maybe October, but I remember I bought the property and I was so excited because I got a great deal on it. And the whole reason I got a good deal is because the tenants were there for 20 years and this is my first ever rental. And I didn't know what I was doing. Still learning, obviously. And I was so emotionally involved with these people and I, I got taken out to the cleaners, right? And I just, they dragged me out. They're still in the property to this day, believe it or not. I've gotten the rent up substantially, but 
I was so emotionally involved and it really cost me so much mental energy. If I were to just get a management company or do it the right way from the beginning, it would have saved me so much brain damage, right? And, and it, it's just, if you're a, an active buyer and you're flipping properties, you have a business, you don't want these rentals to take up all this emotional space in your brain because you want to manage the assets or have somebody else manage the assets and focus on buying more properties and doing this over and over again and not putting all your time on the management side of it, which is really what yeah. it's not. You it's make, a necessary. You make, yeah. You make more money when you buy properties, not, not when you manage them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I've, I've just learned that lesson, man. And it's, it's just, you gotta be like, I have a tenant now where, but he, here's the rule. Every time you call your tenant, think of it that you're talking to a person. It's still customer service. Yeah. Yeah. You don't look down on tenants. If you treat them as a person, you, you'll be fine. Like, uh, Hey, this is unusual. Never. Let's say you have a situation and they call you and they, they, bitching about it they are angry they hey listen okay let me figure out i'll do my best i've never dealt with this it's a new situation but i'll do everything possible so it can be for both of us let's figure out together you know just always think of it you're dealing with another person on the other side and we're in the people's business anyway so it's human to human uh, yeah, yeah just follow follow these rules and, and you'll be fine everything else is fixable 100 percent so going forward now with, with property management, we covered pretty much every pillar that you need to know in order to, to do this successfully. When it comes to the process of just, you know, managing the manager, right? Like, how do you know? Because a lot of people, like, they get, they go through property managers, right? They go through one and then they don't like them and they go through the other one. How yeah. does a landlord do a good job of managing the manager to make sure that everything is going according to plan? And there's transparency on both sides because if somebody has a hundred properties with one property manager, that's a big relationship because that that manager's responsible. It, for honestly, it, it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard because the property property management services from a proper property management company is very low. And the best thing is to do is to work with a property manager based on referral, somebody that already works with them. Mm. And here, another rule that you can use. Use a property manager that owns rental properties. Mm. Use a property manager that has done flips. So these are the two major things when picking up the right property manager. So when you own rental properties, like I do, and I have a property management company, I look at the management in a completely different way. And also when I look at repairs and bids from contractors and what they want to charge and what they want to do i'm looking at it a completely different way like they send me your estimate for six thousand dollars like you're crazy i can get it done with fifteen hundred because i've done it i know the loop calls is like no you, you should not fix it this way you should fix it this way yeah so these are the things the main things that if you want to have a good property manager then so then just see what they promise to do and just follow up to see if they really do it. Interesting. That they makes say, sense. hey, you know, in the beginning, they meet with you, they explain and say, hey, this is what a company does. This is what we do. This is what we, we promise. And say, okay, no problem. And then you just follow and see in the first few months if they do exactly what they expect they said they're going to do. Yeah. If one thing, if you can negotiate, is there's no long-term commitment. 
you can cancel the contract with the property manager within 30 days with no penalty. Interesting. Because that's what we do. For the, for the clients of the property management company, they can fire us 30 days notice, leave when you, whenever you want. Yeah. So that, that if, way. If it, it, yes. If you cannot hold your clients based on a good service, there's no way to force them to do it. So there's no way you would know from the very beginning if this property manager is good or not until we test them. So protect yourself. Property manager owns rental properties is the best. Property manager that has done flips is the best. And give yourself an out by having 30-day cancellation. Give them 30 days so you can cancel at any time with no penalty. Yeah, so that way so everyone's interests are aligned. How does the typical property management company, because the biggest thing I've seen from people in the past is that they've said the property, a prop, not just, just in general, a property management company, they have different incentives than the landlord if they're not owning real estate. So like every time that the toilet breaks, the property manager makes more money. Every time there's a vacant unit, the, ten, the property management makes more money. What are the ways that property managers should make money so the interests aren't totally misaligned? Oh my God, there's so many junk fees. And so here's the thing. Oh. All the property management companies, regardless of what they charge the client, they have the same expenses on the back end. So I have a property management company and you have a property management company. To run and operate 100 units, 100 doors, we have a firm cost of $5,000 minimum, but I charge 8% and you charge 5% management fee. So, but we have the same expenses. So you charging less on the front, you have to make it up on the back end somehow. Interesting. To stay in business. Yeah, yeah, because the margins are thin. So... There's two ways. The property manager charges more management fee on the front or the property management company charges less fee on the front and gets on the back end. What's the back end? Charge you every time the prop, every month, regardless property vacant or not vacant. Charges sign up fees. Charges a percentage on top of uh, the repairs. Usually it's 10%. Markup. Markup. Yeah, so that's like incentive to do more repairs. Yeah. yeah, you know all kinds of junk fees. For example, a client just moved to to our property management company. Says my property management company do not keep any spare keys for my rentals. Like, how do you get into the units? It's like I have to hire a locksmith. locksmith. To, <laughs> to go ahead, hundred bucks to every time you want to enter the property without the tenant. It's just you know things That's like crazy. that. So. Property management companies also, when they charge less fees on the front or overall less fees, they cannot afford to hire the support staff that needs to be hired to, to run a company proper. So if I charge more, I can have a property manager with two assistants and run 100 properties. But if you charge less, you can have a property manager, but you don't have money for two assistants. No. So you have one property manager handling 100 properties. And it's a mess. <laughs> so you're going to get exactly what you paid for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the balance is, so for example, like, yeah, I don't like the 10% on top of repairs because it's an, an incentive for the uh, property manager to just do work orders as many as we can. We don't charge. So that's why we don't want to do work orders because it's extra work for us. We yeah. try to avoid them as much as we can. Yeah. And we use handyman because it's, it's cheaper for everybody. So, but it, it, it's really hard, you know, just look at 
the, the junk fees on the back end. Don't look at the, the, the management fee on the front. But if the property management company charges between 8 and 10% based on the market, that's a reasonable fee. If it's flat fee of 50, 60 bucks, uh, be very, very careful. If it's something over 10%, also be very, very careful. That's a good, it's almost like Spirit Airlines. You get a cheap airline ticket, but then you got to pay for everything else versus if you- oh, for the bag, for the seat, for water, yeah, you, you to fly. go to the toilet, to the restroom, probably they'll charge that. But when you fly in United or American, you pay a little bit more to get on the plane. But once you're on the plane, everything else is free because you pay the premium up front. That's a good analogy. I just yeah. made that out of my ass. But yeah, yeah that's exactly. a so, tip. It, it is hard. It is hard. It, it, but leave leave yourself out so you can move to another property management company if if it's if you've made a wrong choice. Hundred percent. That's very good. Very good advice right there because people need to hear this because they they make this mistake. They they get oh I got this property manager fifty bucks a month. Yeah, not really. It's gonna cost you some in somehow because remember we all have the same expenses on the back end. To run a business is the same expense. It's, yeah. I'll get the money from you, honestly, from the very front and say, hey, we have two fees. That's it. Property management company, uh, property management fee per month and leasing fee. You don't pay anything else. Or I can say, hey, I'll charge you less and not this, but we have we charge you when the property is vacant. We, we still charge you 50 bucks. Every time we go there, we do 10% on top. And it, it's just all these junk fees so I can stay in business. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. So when, when it comes to the lease fee, so property management fee, eight, 10%, that makes sense. Lease fee, what do you get? One month's worth of rent for a film? No, half. Half. So half. if it's 2,000 bucks, you get 1,000 bucks. Half is reasonable. Yeah. Half, half is reasonable. Again, if it's less, they have to give up something. And usually it's, it's service. Professional yeah. photography, inspections, you know, things like that. Answering service, yeah. Answering service, things like So you give it up, but in order for your property manager to be motivated, efficient, they have to be well-staffed. You have to get pay good people, experienced people. So you don't have to pay the cheapest. You don't have to pay the most expensive, but anything between 8 and 10% and they charge you half of the first month rent to, to lease, that's a very, very reasonable thing to do. Yeah, because it makes sense. Logically, they have enough revenue coming in to support an actual business versus exactly so because accounting you need to have a person for accounting to do that you need person for phone calls you need person for maintenance it, it just it just adds up a lot little things yeah so, one yeah. person cannot handle yes no no i mean w with your property management business selfish question so you guys obviously manage a lot of units in the phoenix metro what does the staff look like for something like that? Because there's a lot of logistical stuff with property management. There's a lot of so, yeah. So that, that's the other thing you can ask the, the property management company. Tell me what you set up. How is the team? You know, how many people handle X amount of properties? Yeah. Because it's it could be, oh, um, one person handles fifty properties, and one property manager handles hundred properties in a different company. But now the question is, what's the supporting staff and what does the property manager do? So if you have to do rent collection, accounting, five notices, late notices, evictions, turns, checks, inspections, you know, all this for one person, maximum is probably 50, 50 doors is max. Yeah. But if another property management company has a property manager does only 
the leasing, the contracts, work orders, and everything else is done by assistants. Lead generation, accounting, you know, the work is spread between other people. That's much more efficient setup. So, yeah, because everyone does what they're good at versus how. I, I would yeah. not go with a property manager, just one property manager that does everything. No, I would not go. I wouldn't go there. I would go to a more sophisticated organization that has a property manager, supervisor, assistants, accounting, you know, all this. Because if somebody drops the ball, there's somebody else to jump in and, and fix it up. Yeah, you're not dependent upon one person versus exactly. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the biggest thing. Exactly. Exactly. Excellent. We covered a lot of ground today. I think after listening to part one and part two, someone will know exactly either how to hire a property manager or how to do it the right way on their own with this this knowledge. So if people wanted to check you out, get involved in the Burr on Steroids Rental Property Academy, how what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? And is there a Just website? Go on burronsteroids.com or the buy and hold academy.com. And that will be that how they can reach out to me, set up an appointment. We can talk over the phone and walk you through what, what I can do for your business. Beautiful. Burronsteroids.com, buyandholdacademy.com. Hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thanks for listening to the show. Take care. Thanks, Greg. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.